0: Your presentation welcome back to another untitled movie review i am one of your hosts matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes but he is tomato meter approved eric marchin
1: matt i'm thinking about getting some r&r do you have any uh, vacation destination spots you'd recommend
0: maybe pandora <laughs> <laughs> today today we are we're the Blue Boys today. Yeah. It's 13, 13 years in the making. The last movie came out when Eric and I were just little wee lads in, in probably in college or 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 something like that. I think we were both yeah. in college when this movie came out. Uh we are reviewing James Cameron's Avatar The Way of Water. It's It's we've been hearing about it for the last 13 years we're getting our sequels we're getting one every year for the next 45 years uh but it's here we've seen it uh this will be a completely uh spoiler free review uh as spoiler free as we can be we'll obviously like when we do these um the trailers are fair game um we'll allude to things here and there but we won't give away any plot points or anything specific And then before we get started, I want to be very clear on the version of the movie we're reviewing today because this should be an interesting conversation and we might even do a spoiler cast second review maybe later uh, next week uh, with updated thoughts because the version we saw was the Dolby Cinema Uh, we don't have that in Canada, but think like, um, ultra AVX here in Canada, if you're Canadian, um, 3d, like 4k 3d high frame rate version of the movie. So, um, and it was a variable frame rate. I should be clear on that too. So it would switch from 48 frames per second and 24 frames per second, uh, throughout the movie. So, I think it's important to be clear which version um, you're reviewing this movie, although we haven't seen the other versions yet. Um, I just think you might have a completely different experience based on which format um, you see this movie. And I think this has been talked about even way back at CinemaCon where Avatar The Way of Water is coming out in the most different formats than any movie ever of all time, because then there's the IMAX version, the IMAX 3D version, the IMAX 3D HFR version, the uh, 24 frames per second version, the regular version, the 2D version, the high frame rate Dolby Cinema, the blah, 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 blah. So and I think that will vastly change your opinion based on aspect ratios, frame rate, all those different things. So I want to be clear, we are reviewing the 3D high frame rate Dolby Cinema version of Avatar the way of water okay got that all out of the way eric how are you
1: i i'm good matt i'm good i i think you were as clear as water um so with, with that you. in Thank mind you. like yeah it's it's one of those things where we're reviewing the version we saw so we're going to be you know critiquing it in that manner and there's going to be things because of the technology that will affect our rating and our criticism towards the movie. And as Matt mentioned, we are more than willing to reevaluate once watching it again in a different format. But we're also not trying to backpedal in terms of what we really feel about the movie we saw either, because I think the movie that we both saw, and I'm not speaking for Matt, was a film that was highly anticipated not because of the first avatar per se but it's another james cameron movie and james and a james Cam-
0: cameron sequel
1: exactly and we've talked a lot about that on the regular show where if you're going to give anyone the benefit of the doubt when it comes to a sequel especially when they're in the director's chair it's james cameron aliens terminator 2 two of the greatest blockbusters ever made advanced technology especially with terminator 2 cameron is an incredible blockbuster filmmaker so you never want to take that away from him but at the same time he can also succumb to his own devices in a lot of ways when it when you look at his weaknesses especially in his writing and that becomes very apparent over the course of three hours and 12 minutes where some of that earnestness uh is is a detriment to uh, the filmmaking that's on display. And and yes, it is a stunning work in some regards, especially when you're watching sequences take place within the water environments, but it also takes a little bit of time to get there. And I think that that also tries your patience a little bit as you are waiting to tread water. And so, you know, with that in mind, you're, you're coming back into this world 13 years removed from a story that is kind of thin and easy to compare to, you know, Dances with Wolves, Pocahontas, Fern Gully, any environmental message. And when you're, when you're looking at that, those are the references you're making. You're not making the references to, Oh, I can't wait to say, see what Jake Sully is up to again, or Jake Sully uh, or, or Natiri or, any of the other characters i mean you know the actors (laughs) but not the characters per se so i understand with cameron writing the script from the point of view of like okay well we have to you know get you back up to speed even though they did re-release the first avatar in theaters back in september matt talked a little bit about that on one of the regular shows as well
0: i thought it ripped man i was someone who did not like the original avatar that much like i thought it was fine again all those criticisms you said feel like it's We've seen this movie a hundred times before. I hated 3D, um, which you'll see a trend here for something else. <laughs> um, uh, I thought the story was very thin. The character's forgettable. Uh, The tech was, you know, at least from the CG was incredible, but it just, I, I was one of those Avatar haters. Watch the re-release, 13 years removed, and I go, okay, Avatar kind of rips. It's just a fun movie and of that time uh, a perfect technological showcase anyways keep going
1: did the theme park ride help you out a little bit as well in terms of like yeah kind of
0: maybe interesting you to go back and revisit
1: the first film
0: Yeah, we can talk about that a little bit more later after we get our thoughts on this movie. But yeah, Pandora at Disney World um, definitely and that ride, um, Flight of Passage, um, definitely made me go, huh, was I wrong about Avatar? Because it was great. And, um, you know, I think I was wrong about Avatar. I think the first Avatar movie, maybe not the greatest movie ever made, but like a very enjoyable, you know, solid movie anyways.
1: Well, that's I, the reason why I also bring that up now is because that is the only aspect past the film that's kind of permeated pop culture is the theme park ride for the most part. You look at, you know, Star Wars or Marvel or the Harry Potter series, they have been consistently around for, you know, decades now. And, you know, people have acclimatized to, you know, the characters and the world building and, you know they've been kept in the public consciousness where avatar has had one movie and then a 13 year gap. I mean, some people could call this, you know, a legacy sequel, even though it's really not because it's going to now be released you know, every Kinda other is year, though. but it but it, it is and it isn't. It's it's one of those things where it's like it's a weird kind of thing because we're gonna get more of them, and I wouldn't call part three, four, five, and how many? No, we, I know, but you would call way.
0: Jurassic World a legacy sequel, yes. and then the the rest of them not, right? So right,
1: where well, there is that aspect as well, and so you know, revisiting Pandora and and following, uh, Jake Sully and Natiri uh, again it takes a little bit of time getting into. So you have those characters who, you know, form this, this bond and, and have, you know, a romantic relationship. And now they're expanding their family. They have four kids um, and it's sort of them kind of living happily uh, in the forest. And there there's one moment in this movie that I did actually kind of like, and I found very inventive where you see it sometimes in movies and it reminded me a little bit of the hunt uh, for red october where um you know sam worthington's character is talking about how he adapted to the language and mm-hmm. how you know as soon as he kind of started to get it it was as natural as english and it kind of transitions in a way that's kind of like in the hunt for red october when you hear the actors speaking in russian and then it goes out into the mouth and out again it's it's in right. english it's kind of like that so you're following you know this family as you know they're living their life but At the same time, you have the threat from Earth coming back to Pandora, the sky people, as they're called, um, trying to take up the natural resources. And so in order to protect the forest people, uh, Jake, uh, Natiri, and the family. So you have two sons, um, a, a, a much younger daughter. And then there's one character played by Sigourney Weaver, who I don't want to get too much into but she's also a part of the family and that character does feel like certain aspects are being left uh, ambiguous until at least the third or fourth movie to you know, her origin story and and where she came to be and and more with her being connected to the world of Pandora. And so these characters decide, you know, reluctantly that they have to leave their home and they go on this adventure and end up um, living with the Reef people. And so they kind of learn the ways of the water and it becomes... You know a, another environmental message, but it's more in the vein of a kind of almost like Moby Dick esque story at times, and so with that,
0: Free Willy, it,
1: it, it, yes, like, and I know it's it's kind of a, a bit of a joke there, but it, there there are elements that are very much similar to Free Willy. You're, you're waiting for the Michael Jackson song to kick in, um,
0: do, 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 do. <laughs> I but wish. But,
1: th- but those are the scenes that work best because yeah. you're seeing what Cameron ultimately wants you to see, which is water in motion capture. And is it beautiful? Is it is it spectacular? Absolutely. Um, was it worth, you know, an entire first act that feels much like the first, you know, Denny Villeneuve Dune movie as a prologue? No, It's 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 one of those things that it could have gotten there a lot quicker. And once you get there, you know, you're still kind of repeating a lot of the things that you've seen in, Previous James Cameron movies that are done better. There's this feral boy that also lives on uh Pandora um spider, who's basically just Newt 2.0. And again, with all the the visual grandeur this movie has, it's kind of overcompensating uh for a lack of story and, and originality. It just kind of feels like a very thinly drawn narrative that's also repeating basically what the first film did and not any better, um, or or interestingly, and I think in that definition it almost is pretentious. You know, it's not pretentious in an art house kind of way. It's not pretentious in like kind of you know a different style of filmmaking, but it is pretentious in Cameron believing that you know three hours and twelve minutes of your time spent mm-hmm. in this world is is worth it. You know, I think a two hour movie could have been fine i think an hour and a half film would have justified oh, yeah you know the length of this and so with that i think the, the 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 fundamental aspects of this story don't work and you can rave about the tech which some people including us i think will feel that the high frame rate is a lost cause but you're just watching this thing and you're kind of thinking to yourself it's never inviting me in emotionally and you're never connected Mm -hmm. to the characters. You're never able to connect your own ponytail to the characters. And, and some (laughs) of the storylines are (laughs) worth developing, but they don't go anywhere. And you could say, Oh, well, you know, the sequels will, we'll get into that. Well, it's like, no, the
0: Dune problem again, right? It's it's a three
1: hour and 12 minute movie. Give Mm. me a complete story. I think they like, okay, I'll
0: jump in now. You, yeah. you popped off and I appreciate it. I agree with everything that you're saying, man. And first franchise filmmaking, I mean, which is what James Cameron, um, you know, he's great at it and he's really trying to do that here with avatar, is give you the same thing, but do it slightly differently. And that's not always a great thing. And in this movie, I think that proves that it is essentially almost the same movie, um, as avatar, same villain um same kind of issues for the most part they add in some like like you mentioned some you know whaling industry kind of uh environmentalism animal kind of uh, vibe to the whole thing too uh but it's still about you know these people from earth coming in and trying to take over uh, Pandora, which is the same thing as the first movie. Yes, they're looking for a specific resource in the first movie. It's slightly different here, but that's what I said. Give you the same thing, but slightly different. Um, I will preface all of this again where I I will start off by saying I am excited to watch this movie again. And that might sound weird based on everything we're probably going to get into and we might be in the minority with some of our thoughts. Um, But I'm saying this because I'll go into the tech side because I think you covered a lot of the story issues and things like that. Um, The high frame rate. We got to talk about it. Um, My least favorite thing in this movie, almost to the point of where it is unwatchable for me. And. I almost don't trust my own opinions on this movie because like a lot of the story stuff, I completely agree with you. Like I couldn't get emotionally invested. I thought it was kind of retreading um, the same kind of things from the first film. And, you know, the characters aren't super compelling. And, uh, you know, again, you just bring back people for the sake of bringing them back. And it just feels kind of, you know shoehorned in there because you wanted to work with Sigourney Weaver again, or you wanted Stephen Lang to come back and all of those things just go, okay, why, why couldn't you do something different there? Um, and maybe he's building to something, I don't know, but the high frame rate I, I, and the variable, uh, refresh rate or the variable high frame rate. So I kind of touched on it earlier. Um, it flips between 24 frames per second and 48 frames per second we're pretty sure um so if you've seen movies like uh billy lynn's long halftime walk the hobbit films gemini uh, gemini man um and if you saw those in high frame rate i I feel like at this point you kind of already know if you like the look of that or you don't and personally uh, i'm speaking for myself and uh, eric based on our conversations i can say you agree with me uh, we hate it, <laughs> like absolutely hate it. And I, I walked out of Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Uh I struggled to get through Gemini Man. Uh I thought the first Hobbit movie um looked atrocious in it and it is one of my least favorite things since 3D um to be introduced into modern cinema. <laughs> so James Cameron in the first one introduced, not introduced, but made 3D the most mainstream thing ever. And it got implemented into every movie. And in this movie, I feel like he's really trying to push this high frame rate thing. And I understand the idea of it. Uh, Eric already mentioned all the water scenes. So it takes about an hour plus to get into, you know, the reef people and into some of those water sequences. Um, But when you're watching the movie, it's almost like, oh, I understand why he wanted high frame rate is for the water sequences. But the thing is, it's not just the water sequences that are in high frame rate. Um, the, in the water, during the high frame rate, it has this very smooth look that feels natural to being underwater. Um, the thing is, anytime they're above water and it's either in a dialogue scene or an action sequence, whether it's someone flying through the air or they're shooting guns or you know fighting, um, when it switches to high frame rate, um, it's got that soap opera best buy Uh, TV motion motion smoothing smoothing look to it that just looks awful. And then on top of that, the variable refresh rate, which in concept I thought would be a great idea um, going, oh, you know, dialogue scenes will be in 24 frames per second. Action sequences can be a little smoother in 48 is completely distracting Um, to the point where I couldn't focus on the movie because all I could think of was going, Oh my God, I I hate how that looks. And then you go, oh, it's back to 24 and that looks pretty good. Um, Or that shot looks stunning. Oh, but now this looks like a PlayStation 9 video game or a theme park ride. And like, I love video games and I love theme park rides, but that's not necessarily what I want in a movie. And you can, you know, talk about certain movies feeling like theme park rides. And yeah, there's a good blend, but it still needs to feel like a movie. And this does feel like an experience for sure. Um, But that experience, I think, was sullied uh, because of that distracting. Mark Rylance? flipping, Flipping back and forth between 48 and 24 frames per second to the point where I'm like, I don't even trust how I feel about the actual story or the execution of the narrative because I was so distracted by the visuals. And that's why, uh, going back to my original point of I'm excited to see the film again, because like I do want to see it in, in the way I like seeing movies. Maybe it's not the way James Cameron intended you to see this movie. He prefers you to see it in 3D, high frame rate. That's what he wants, right? But it's all going to be subjective. And I just, I, the high frame rate just ruins stuff for me. It ruined all those movies I mentioned before. I've never really even wanted to go back to those movies, but this is something I want to see in 2D 48, or sorry, 48, uh, 24 <laughs> no. frames per second and just see it normally. I'd even take 3D 24 frames per second. As I do think the 3D looks good. I think the movie looks absolutely stunning at times. In the moments where you get a close up um, of one of the characters doing something, or or a a close up of their face, or them like even that that shot's been in the trailer of them riding uh, the sea creature. I I don't know the names of any of these things, Um, and like the close up of like putting the straps around their hands and like latching in and stuff. Like some of that stuff looks jaw-dropping like just incredible um but then you'll flip and scenes seem like to haphazardly switch back between high frame rate and non-high frame rate and it doesn't even like to me make sense when they choose to use it and and don't like you could have easily just gone underwater scenes are going to be high frame rate and then the rest is going to be 24 frames per second but it seems like certain sequences might start in 24 frames then it cuts and it's in 48 and then it's back to 24 and I brought it up as like when people would complain about Nolan movies and IMAX, um, when you'd have the two, three, nine aspect ratio jumping all the way to the IMAX aspect ratio and then cross cutting between the two, and that you jump back to these two formats and it would be super distracting. I think this is way more distracting than that um, and egregious. And it kind of completely took me out of the movie to the point where I couldn't enjoy myself. And I know I'm focusing a lot on that, but it's hard not um, to, right? Because your hard eyes, not to. your
1: eyes are constantly having to readjust, Adjusting, yeah, and so you're not focusing on the storytelling or any other aspect of the filmmaking other than okay, this is going from a more hyper realistic looking kind of depiction of this reality that's on display to something that's more classic that your your eyes are are, are more commonly exposed to when it comes to watching a movie. And so when you're, when you're watching this from the, from the point of view of just somebody that's not a tech expert, even though you might not be able to articulate it as well as Matt just did, you do notice it, you know, like at least with Billy Lynn and, and Gemini man, it was consistently awful where it was in one you know format through the entire movie where this is is changing up so much and 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 again to you know your point of what you just mentioned it's never really deciding like okay this makes sense to help the narrative or to you know build on something like if if it was all underwater i would understand that that change but it's changing at times where it's in a close-up or when you know a character is just moving around an environment in and the it's jungle un- or yeah it's the, unnecessary the, yeah. At, the, at, at those moments and yeah the texture and and the, the 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 detail is
0: is incredible is like, yeah yeah
1: it's beautiful looking and and the neon you know it, it's 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 all breathtaking in its in its you know grandiose vision but you you, you can't make a movie like this and just rely completely on the tech, you know, as simplistic as Terminator two is, you know, it's, it's a story that works because he, you know, he understands the action beats so well, and he's able to kind of craft, you know, a, a great piece of filmmaking within, you know, the then modern technology that he was working with. And yeah, it's dated now, but it still works because, you know, the story, you know, is, is simplistic in a good way. And, and, and again, I sound almost weirdly hypocritical saying this, but it works because Cameron is playing with archetypes more so in, um, Terminator two and, and and that the Terminator movies weren't ever supposed to become anything else after Terminator two, where this does feel like he's trying to flesh out an entire world and you know build upon generations set things up for the
0: future and and things like that like more of that episodic style yeah and you just don't
1: have any real connection to those characters and even the performances themselves aren't all that great i think zoe saldana is fine but like sam worthington is kind of a blank slate for the most part
0: i, like I think that's Steven why he Lang, was originally kind of sure too yeah and he was in the first one and he is in this one uh there's not really much growth there even though they try a little bit but like yeah i agree with you that sam worthington i think was probably cast for partially that reason to be that blank slate because you want to know the character of Jake Sully, and not like I know they originally thought. Wasn't it like Matt Damon and or someone else was up for the role? And yeah, and well, he's 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 an audience um, surrogate, right? You're seeing the yeah. world through his perspective, and I even understand the perspective of going okay it's mostly the same movie but now Jake has a family to protect right and it's all about and it's in water in this one (laughs) yeah and now they're in water which I'm sure the people I know Disney owns the property now when they when they built Pandora they didn't they just licensed it at Disney World but I'm sure they like they built all the hills of Pandora and the floating mountains and all the jungles and now they're like fuck that we're in the water now baby (laughs) and you're like they're like what we just we built this whole land and now you're just going to say they're water people now and like we have this ride where you fly a banshee and, and like they're like well you better make it in the fucking water now and then you're like <laughs> and then James Cameron does not give a shit which is I, I almost like love him for it um, and he doesn't care if we like the high frame rate or not he'll say fuck off and go watch the normal version then <laughs> like yeah. um so I don't know and then when it goes to the story because I haven't told you my thoughts on it again I thought it's very simple I also couldn't get invested in any of the Characters and partially, I go, was that because I was so distracted by the HFR to the point where I'm like, I couldn't zone into what this was actually about. But, like, um, again, I think much like the first movie, it it is thin, it is really focused on the tech, and, um, and you know, and I, I do think that he probably has a plan that, much like I've complained about in some of the Marvel stuff, of like, and this is what sucks with episodic storytelling is that you don't have the whole story yet. Right. So like, you know, all the stuff in black Panther, we complained about with, um, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus was spoiler. Sorry. It's been out for a while now. Um, but like all that stuff I go, okay, maybe it's leading somewhere. So I, I kind of sort of give it the benefit of the doubt, but you also have to critique it for feeling like it, what's it doing in the movie? And here there's a lot of that where you go, okay, maybe he's setting something up for the future. Maybe like there is a I I think a full story arc of most of the characters in this movie. But again, it is a lot of retreading. It's a lot of going over the same things. It's just like, Oh, so it's this, I already am repeating myself, but like the same bad guy going after the same guy in the first movie, it's just a standard kind of revenge thing. But then you're like, Oh, the humans actually want to kind of take over Pandora. Um, And then there's another different, it's not unobtainium this time. There's something else that could lead to something else in a future movie, but it's, it's from a different spot, but it's still this kind of, uh, you know, resource that that they want. It's a classic
1: MacGuffin. That's just funny because of the name.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and so again, that's why I think it gets hard to get invested because you're just like, oh, okay, there's some kids now. And to varying degrees, they're either, you know, annoying or fine. Um, and the movie does very much feel like Avatar the Next Generation at, at times, which does have that legacy sequel kind of vibe to it. But because you're introduced to all these characters when they're already in their kind of teens in this movie. Um, And
1: seeing them only for the first time in this film. Yeah,
0: that's what I mean. Like, it almost feels like I would have liked to see them in a movie when they were younger a bit. And then, like, you grow into them and then they have these big moments in this movie. And then some of the emotional beats might hit a little bit harder or you know, spiders, not as annoying or, you know, the Sigourney Weaver character is not as creepy as it comes <laughs> off at times. Yeah. And like uh, things like that, or even being introduced to the the reef people, like in the last movie, like a lot of it feels like retconning um, just because you wanted to build out this world more. Like you didn't you you built out pandora but then you never i don't think they mention that there are different like you know tribes that all kind of live on different areas of pandora right like well I they talk they, about
1: they, they talk about in terms of the derogatory sense that jake's family is, are are called half-breeds right and there is that yeah. conversation where in are, this
0: movie or the last one in
1: this film in, this film in this yeah yeah, yeah. no i got that and so with that yeah no they they didn't in the last one or at least To my knowledge, I mean, you saw it more recently where it kind of felt like, you know, the Navi are the Navi, you know? Yeah. And now we go, oh, no, there's actually like, yeah,
0: yeah. Now there's different tribes in different areas of of the uh, of Pandora. And I'm like, okay, and I get it. Every sequel is going to retcon stuff. They got to build out the world. They got to add things. But you just go, okay. you almost wish that we had one more movie before this that would have built this stuff up a little bit more instead of just waiting through 13 years and dropping you right back into it of like, you know, I get it's been 13 years, but you're using all CG characters. You didn't have to age the characters in the real world time right like it it seems weird that we just skip over i guess it's just 13 years of peace on pandora and then i guess you try to build in okay what are the in world traveling on the ships back to earth and back to pandora i get all that kind of stuff but um i just feel like some of it just doesn't feel as earned because it's just you're dropped right into it there's a lot of you know exposition in that first act being a prologue to the movie that is just kind of really retreading events from the first film um and isn't all that interesting and then the movie does pick up an hour and plus into it when they get to the water and the reef people but even someone like cliff curtis who i really really like that i just feel like is is underused or just kind of fine in the movie like kate winslet who everyone was excited to reteam with uh with with cameron titanic Um, reunion yeah yeah like i feel like is kind of lost like it she's she's good well, it's like um, why
1: well why cast her and again like yeah. this goes to well maybe in the next movie or one of the sequels she'll have a more prominent role yeah but again it's like our conversation with dune it's like you have to look at this as as a piece you can't just give it the benefit of the doubt when it comes to okay well you know i'll i'll, I'll let it go because it'll be further explained in the next movie well we're not there yet you're looking at you know beginning to end this film as a whole, you can't just simply say, Oh, well, the next one will give me more information on that or feel a little bit better developed overall. You, you, you have to develop the story within the context of, you know, the parameters you've made this movie about. And, and, and when you're watching it, it's so frustrating because again, Cameron is Cameron is a very kind of cliched writer. He writes in cliches, um he's dealing with things that are are absolutes um you know and, and machismo always seems to kind of be
0: and that's fine you know what but... it, it
1: is and there's some interesting stuff there with like again the family dynamic where you have you know one of the sons played by Britton dalton wanting to kind of you know follow in the footsteps but feeling like he never lives up to his father and then the father you know who's now a navi you know living in the avatar body um you know basically integrating more into the Navi society, but still running his family like a military unit. And, you know, like that kind of sort of loosening up and, and and becoming a little bit more relaxed over time, I think is something Cameron is grappling with himself, where like you look at how much of a perfectionist he is as a filmmaker in, in order to develop, you know, groundbreaking technology and, you know, taking the time to... You know, tell the story in the way that he wants to he's in complete control of every aspect of this movie the film that you are watching is the movie he wants you to see there's there's not an inch of this film that isn't you know signed off by james cameron like there's 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 nothing about this movie that isn't an accident or um you know is is something that he can blame on somebody else it's it's Mm -hmm. his vision totally and not (laughs) to say that it's not a collaborative process either because there are tons of people that are working on this from, you know, the, from Weta to, you know, the actors and and it's been years and years and years in development, but it's just like, you're watching this thing. It's like, there's no, there's no excuses. If you didn't like the film, you can't just say, Oh, well I'll get more context to enjoy this one in the third one. It's like, no, you have to, you have to give me, Something in this in order to flesh out the story you're telling now. You can't just simply use that as an excuse. And there are some things in this that are left ambiguous to you know Sigourney Weaver's character, for example, and and how that kind of plays out. And you mentioned the kind of the creepiness as well with you know the licorice pizza-esque thing going on there but um, yeah <laughs> like again like it's it's just one of those movies where you're watching it and you're thinking to yourself man, this took 13 years to make. And while it is uh, nice looking in terms of like a demo disc and things like that, you know, is is it really that much better than anything else we've seen in the last few years when it comes to technology? You know, we were talking about this afterwards and you mentioned that, you know, like in a way, you know, Cameron was ahead of the curve when Avatar came out, but now it feels like technology has met or at least this technology has kind of met him or kind of finally you know met him on the same level.
0: Yeah, I feel like tech the tech has kind of caught up to him. Obviously, he might still be the best cuz he's given the time, right? Like a, whether it's a video game or a Marvel movie or I don't know, another movie that uses heavy use of motion capture and and CG, they're not given 13 years like Cameron was to kind of Um, really nail his vision um so that's why you know this movie probably looks leaps and bounds better than most marvel movies and most other heavy cg movies um that being said i do feel like we've gotten closer when it comes to everyone else than what avatar did 13 years ago um you know video games use motion capture um for uh their performances for uh, most of the time um similar motion capture style that is used in avatar and you can see something like i'm playing god of war ragnarok right now richard like um yeah richard (laughs) it's great as odin um and i just feel like the tech like if you look at obviously this movie looks better than a ps5 game but art direction and all that kind of stuff can play into this stuff looking phenomenal now um and you look at a character like even thanos in caesar i was going to bring up thanos and caesar are the two that really stand out to me that are in my opinion even better than anything looked in the first avatar movie possibly better than anything that looks in this movie there are shots in this movie that are absolutely stunning but as a whole i mean um i think where this movie loses me a little bit too is like the including human characters at this point, like I get you have to have them as the villain, but even a character like Spider being involved in a lot of the movie. Like, I just I don't know if you needed it. And I feel like it throws me off. Right. Like when you have a real life human running around with these blue Navi people um in the forest and, and, and hanging out with them and in dialogue sequences with them. Um, it doesn't look as bad as something like Thor Love and Thunder or or something like that where you have characters and CG characters and then on really bad green screen or the volume or something like that. But it's still like as a choice, I'm like, man, if you just made this like a fully CG movie, like I feel like you could eliminate some of that stuff. But then going back to like Caesar and and Thanos, I, we, I think we're getting closer and closer to, you know, catching up with what james cameron's doing so when you watch this movie i feel like that sense of like wonder is gone or that like uh i remember seeing many people seeing that first movie which i think is why it catapulted it to being the highest grossing movie of all time is one the 3d technology and just like it was the best cartoon you've ever seen essentially right and it had been um, a while since cameron made a narrative feature a movie, film with like yeah. titanic right yeah and i I mean that's part of his mo too, right? Like it's it's part of his marketing, right? He only makes a movie every decade, right? Like that's partly why people go out and see James Cameron movies is because you well, put maybe him the director
1: Ghost directed um, Alita battling
0: Alita, from. yeah. Um, which again, part of the allure and part of the reason why people go see his movies is for that for that reason is because he's the director of Terminator Two, Aliens, Titanic, and he only makes a movie every you know, seven to 13 years or whatever it is. So like him and Terrence um, Malik are hanging out and good for them, man. Cause like, and it's again, there's not very many filmmakers where you could go on the street and ask Joe Schmo, like, you know, name a name a filmmaker, and I think James Cameron might be one of those guys. And or even if they, they
1: they don't know his name, they've seen his movies. Oh, you've absolutely, seen Terminator. Yeah. You've seen Aliens. You've seen because he's Titanic.
0: one of those guys, right? And yeah. then, anyways, going back to the original point, yeah, I just feel like the tech in that first movie. Even me, who's someone who didn't like it, you could go, okay, this no one's doing three D like this, or no one's using motion capture like this. Um, and then, from a story standpoint, that first movie compared to this one, like. I personally felt like that sense of wonder and discovery that you're learning about Pandora, just like Jake Sully is when he's going there for the first time and, and meeting these people and learning about their culture and you know ultimately wanting to become one of them. Um, I think that's kind of lost in this movie. And they try to give you that again with the Reef people, but again, it's like, oh, you're just like, you're slightly different Navis that like swimming more than flying, right? Like, oh, there's cool sea creatures that you ride instead of ones that just purely fly, right? Like that sense of like, we already know Pandora. So when you're trying to open us up into, you know, new areas of it and have that same sense of discovery and wonder, I feel like that's kind of lost. And and if you don't have that you need to have a great story to tell and in this one i just felt like it wasn't a great story it was a fine story because it was give them the same thing but slightly different which is i know the mo for franchise filmmaking i'm a huge fan of marvel i get it <laughs> um it's the same thing but slightly different but in in the mcu And I hate comparing Disney franchises to franchises. And maybe I need to see more Avatar movies because, you know, by the time we got Iron Man 2, I still wasn't convinced that, you know, I was uh, all in on the MCU and how these characters were to interact and have relationships and stuff. Right. So we also have to give it the benefit of the doubt of going, okay, are we getting six of these things, seven of these things? Are we getting three? And like, okay, I thought this was fine. I don't really don't like the high frame rate the story was a pretty paint-by-number retread um, and then ultimately became a 13-year disappointment for me of being like, you know, I wasn't the huge, biggest fan of Avatar, but when things of, you know, 13 years of James Cameron talking about this and it finally comes out, you go, this better blow my brain out of the back of my head. And it, and, and it did in a way where I'm like, I never want to watch an HFR movie ever again. And that shouldn't be the thing I take away from this, right? I should take away, like, all those things you're mentioning, that the the hints at what's coming into the future, and or the emotional beats in this movie of going like, oh my god, uh, that got me or made me cry, or I can't wait to see how that plays out in Avatar three. Like I never had those moments because I was like, I fucking hate HFR, I hate it. So if that's the thing I take away from it, I don't think that makes like a, a satisfying sequel in any way. So those are kind of how I'm wrapping up my thoughts, but. Um, To kind of reiterate, I am curious, if not excited, to see the movie again in 2D, 24 frames per second, and see if I, you know, if I change my opinion. So that's kind of how I hope people have stuck through 40 minutes because, like, I really wanted to be clear of going, like, this is my honest opinion on the version of the movie that I saw. Um, But I am curious to see it uh, again. So that's something. Um, I don't know. What about you? James Cameron's
1: high-tech spectacle succumbs to simplistic, simplistic storytelling, shallow characterization, and a complete lack of engagement past its arduous artifice. It's a disappointingly subpar sequel, and that's kind of how I have to sum it up, because when you're watching this movie, you're thinking to yourself, again, you've waited 13 years, you're in the hands of a filmmaker who... You know, knows the technology, understands the emotional manipulation quite well, has has already told this story, is creating a more updated model um, of this film, and all those elements where you know he's had the time and resources needed to make this movie. It doesn't it doesn't come together. And again, you know, one of the the, the things that Cameron has always been so good at is he's um, he's an amazing engineer he's great at set pieces he's he's great at you know building towards you know an action sort of filled spectacle but you're so distracted by the high frame rate that you're you're never able to appreciate it you know you're 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 trying to adjust to the continual uh you know modulation between the two and so with that it's like you need it's almost like we do need to see this again and you know have a review for a movie that will be you know in 3d and in 24 frames per second than the version that we saw because the version that we have watched does I not I do work. not
0: recommend <laughs> I, no. I agree and and that's that's why i'm i'm gonna be fascinated um we're going to see it this week i think um and we will do, i do want to talk about it again because i i think comparing the two versions will be really interesting and Um, maybe we fall on the side of, of feeling the exact same way, um, saying, oh, you know, the story still doesn't quite work. I couldn't get invested in the characters and and things like that. Or I go, you know what? I was able to sit and just watch the movie and I get it now that last act. Cause I do think that there are some set pieces in there that have the potential to be, to be great. And I remember in the moment thinking, oh, there's some cool things here. It's just, but when you have this one thing that completely ruins a movie for you, it, it it's hard and you have to fault the movie for it because he chose to show the movie that way to me. So or the studio chose to show the movie that way. I didn't have a choice, right? Like I do have a choice now, and I'm hoping as if you listen to this, um, you might already know how you felt about uh, Gemini Man or The Hobbit or, or things. And then you'd hope, you know, oh, maybe James Cameron's a guy who's going to get it right unfortunately no (laughs) he did not and i feel like how you felt about those other movies is probably how you will feel at least on the tech side of things um and then the story it's going to be in a similar boat of how you felt about the first avatar and and um how all that kind of comes together so i'm curious let us know what you guys think when you see the movie um we will do a spoiler cast based on our second watch in 24 frames per second which will probably be out next week um, at some point. So,
1: what's your rating for this one?
0: Oh yeah, that's a good man. I've been struggling with this because, like, I, I think ultimately based on this version we saw, it's a two point five out of five for me. Like, and that that might sound super harsh because ultimately I think the movie is. I tweeted this very okay based on what I saw, but I lean negative because of the tech. Um, I think this movie could be a three, a 3.5, even a four, but I struggled so much with the tech that it bumped it all the way down to a 2.5 out of five for me. So, um, it's like a mixed negative right now. Um, that could go as high as a pretty positive, but I, I almost, I don't even know how to feel after watching it. it. It fucked me up so much.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same spot as you with a two and a half out of five where it's like the one benefit of the doubt I'm still going to give this movie is that I will watch a different version of it in order to better judge. But then again, it's like when you're releasing all these versions and the version that you see is the version you're reviewing, you can't necessarily just go off of, oh, okay, well, you know, maybe this one didn't work, but... You know I can give it again you know that 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 sort of leeway and that wiggle room in order for you know it to be a quote unquote masterpiece and it's it's not that it's it's a film that is an advancement in technology to a certain degree. James Cameron is a great technician and and a, and a solid you know blockbuster director um, but he's also you know very corny at times and those things all coming together you know usually work. Especially with movies like Aliens and Terminator 2, and in this case, it just kind of feels like a left, like like a question mark. You know, leaving the door open to you know find the version that works, but it shouldn't be work. It should be this is the version I want you to see. These other ones are like okay, well, whatever. And and this is the version that we watched, and it's kind of hard not to you know be critical of that because what we watched was a movie that's almost. A struggle to watch at times and you just kind of look at it and like think to yourself, okay, I know what he's doing. I, I, I know the beats of the story. It's, it's, it's been done before. Um, And you just think, wow, that's, that's it. You know, there's, mm-hmm. there's not much more to it. And, and it's not like, you know, impress me, James Cameron, you have to be that guy. It's just like, okay, well, if you are telling me to commit to this universe and want to be connected to these characters and this world and and everything that you've spent so much time on tell me that story you know don't hide behind you know, new technology. You know, it can't just be that. It's overcompensating. The, the the tech is overcompensating for, you know, a fairly uh standard um story that's been told time and time again. So, you know, like even like the idea of fathers and sons, we 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 saw Pinocchio twice within a couple of weeks. I mean, that is a more interestingly told. Father's son, yeah. You know, in terms of the imperfections of of how we grow up and what we're taught and you know how we teach what we're taught to the next generation and how those things can have ramifications, and that is more interestingly done in you know a, a, the second Pinocchio movie of the year. <laughs> so it's, 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 it's a shame, I, I don't like doing this because I, I really like James Cameron and I think he is a really good filmmaker. And you know, he's one of those guys where you know he has a reputation, but at the same time, he always usually backs it up. And with this, it kind of just felt like, oh, you know, it's fine. And and maybe part of it as well as, you know, with the Namor stuff and Black Panther Wakanda forever, you know, coming off the heels of that might have hurt it a little bit as well. Um, but I still think, maybe yeah, I like the stuff than the telecon stuff. But I think it's used more interestingly in Wakanda forever. Like I, that makes I sense.
0: totally agree with that statement. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And I am curious because even a lot of people listening to this might not even they might go oh yeah the high frame rate version i can't is not even available because you got to think like the high frame rate version of this movie will only be available if you live in like a bigger city right i think i think most ultra avx screens and i can't speak for a lot of the u.s but i know in some of those smaller towns and stuff like that that you're not gonna have a high frame rate you know projector so like if you see it in dolby cinema or imax or ultra avx one of those premium formats you're probably going to see the movie in high frame rate but if you just go to your standard cinema and see it in 3d it's probably going to be 3d 24 frames per second um so you might listen to this whole thing and go i'm never going to see that version because it's not even available to me and i that's part of me that goes okay thank god for you um like i uh And that's why we're
1: willing to go back and rewatch this one because we realize that that's the version most people probably will see.
0: I know. Even though though this is the version Cameron's, like, you know, his director's cut, say, or something like that, from what we've read, um, this is the version he wants people to see is either the Dolby Cinema, you know, uh, high frame rate or the IMAX 3D high frame rate is how he intended the movie. Um, But I... I will finish it off with if movies like I hated 3D and I went to war against 3D for the last 13 years. And you know what? You left an Aquaman screening. We we kind (laughs) of won. We kind of won with 3D. I hope the same happens with high frame rate because I will wage war because that's how much I just don't like the tech. And I was like, and I think most people, most filmmakers, you know, won't use it um you or seen they'll some use it in a experiment. half-ass
1: way like 3d right yeah. where you got the conversion in post production instead of shooting it you know practically while you were making the movie i'm not saying that 3d you know shooting it practically is still the way to go i think it's
0: pretty it's easier to shoot especially now that everything's digital you can shoot something in 60 or or higher like your phones shoot things in 4k dolby vision 60 frames per second if you really want to <laughs> i'm like yeah. so i i don't think that's going to be an issue i just i think people people who make movies don't want their movies to look like that and um i think the use cases of like an a fully animated film or a nature documentary or sports or um you know something like that i think it is um it can look stunning um but in the classic way we watch movies of that it's always been that illusion of 24 frames per second. You still kind of have that, it's motion, but it's got that, it's even in a digital sense. It's there's still, still a separation, that, right? There's a And it still quality. looks like a movie. I don't want it to look like I'm looking through a window. I'm still sitting and watching. I want it to look like a movie and maybe I sound like an old man and maybe there's younger people um, that love how uh, 60 frames or 48 frames looks. Um, because they're used to playing video games in 60 up to 120 or 240 frames per second on their PCs and they like how that looks right you see a lot of people who have um, motion smoothing on their TV and they like how it looks because they're used to it they think it looks clearer more HD right because it's smoother and I'm like you know I every hotel I go to I went to my parents last weekend and he only had it on like number one at a five Talking on the motion dad, smoothing right? yeah my dad and and I was like that I gotta shut this off I gotta do it <laughs> I gotta down. do this for this and like so maybe I'm just becoming like a you know I, I just my point is if this is where movies were headed where everything was going to be 48 frames per second I would stop I would I'd bow out I'd be like that's how much I don't like it and I know maybe you're listening, and you go, wow, you focused a lot on it. Guys, that's how much I, I thought this movie is borderline unwatchable because I did not like it. And that's the movie's fault. It's not, it's just like you showed it to me in that format and I couldn't get away from that. So um, I am excited to see it in, in 24 frames and I hope nothing ever gets made in high frame rate ever again. I When Avatar 3 comes out, I will not go to the press screening if it's in high frame rate. I won't. Okay, so Mar- it'll so, be like so
1: listeners keep this in mind. This is literally the tagline for Aliens. Uh, you know, Matt Rohrbeck versus a uh, high frame rate. This time Uh, it's war.
0: It is like with 3d after a certain time, I was like, I, I will, I can't do it anymore. I, I won't do it. And you've seen me go to a press screening where they handed me 3d glasses and I went, Nope. And I turned around and I went home and I'm like, I won't do it. And the only 3d movie I've seen in the last I don't even know how long is avatar because I saw the re-release of avatar and I'm like, I'll go see it in 40 X. That was a mistake. Should have just seen it in regular. Um, What about Hugo? Nope. Oh, you didn't see Hugo
1: in 3d. Interesting.
0: No, I haven't forgotten. I, nope <laughs> wow you, you <laughs> i
1: i mean i gotta i gotta respect that that's that you are sticking to your guns and unless someone to it. you
0: know there was that time right after avatar people are like if, if maybe you're gone by this point but like now it's just to talk <laughs> about technology but Tech talk. There, there was that time after avatar when everything you couldn't see a 2d version of a movie right like yeah. unless it literally wasn't made in 3d because um, it made the exhibitors and, and
1: studios more money right Yes, because
0: they could upcharge and it was harder to find somewhere that would play the 2D version than the 3D version. Um, So there was that period of time where I had to see a lot of stuff in 3D, but I don't know when that ended. When When (laughs) When you started getting the option to see a movie in 2D or 3D. I don't care if it was shot in 3D. I don't care if it had 3D in the title of the movie. I was one of those people that was like, don't want it. <laughs> nope. No, thank you. I don't care if it's Martin Scorsese doing it or Werner uh, Herzog. Or Werner Herzog or whoever. I'm like, I have I might have seen who now that you're talking about it, because how far after Avatar was Hugo?
1: It wasn't I think I think it was 2011. I think
0: it was still in that time when most things were in 3D, right? So I yeah. couldn't escape it at that point. So I probably did, but um, whenever they gave me that option, which it started to fade away in the mid-2010s, or at least when they started to give you the option between the two screenings, but I remember when like movies would come out and where now you'll see... Uh, the 2D versions are mostly and they'll have one 3D sc- screening per day. It was always the opposite where they would have one 2D screening per day, especially Disney because Disney always wanted to make the most money. Um, so they would do one 2D screening and the rest 3D uh, screening. And they still did that up until recently where the Thursday night showings were always in 3D because they, they know those people really like wouldn't wait to see the movie and those would sell out. So they would make you go see it in 3D to make that extra $4 per ticket or $3 per ticket um but luckily we won that war. <laughs> I don't know what this movie will do to that. I don't think it's going to start to make cinemas go, "Oh, we got to make everything in high frame rate 3D now." But who knows with James Cameron, who knows. So, um, well,
1: James Cameron also, you know, when the first avatar movie had been released, he was even talking about by the time the second or third or fourth movie came out, you know, we would be watching three d movies without glasses and we're still which watching
0: you had them. in the nintendo three d s so right,
1: but in terms it... of the theatrical experience, we're still using them, and that those things are cumbersome, especially like you know, you had new contacts that you were wearing, and I'm wearing these giant hawking glasses and they leave dents in your nose and 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 add more stress and strain to your your face they're horrible
0: for people who wear glasses it's just if you're prone to headaches or you're you have funky eyes or whatever like it's just it's even when we first started watching it i was like my left eye I'm like, is this the glasses? What is happening right now? And I'm like, I just, I had to like keep adjusting them because I had like a hat or a a beanie on and the way that our chairs were things, you have to have them like directly centered. And I'm like, I just, I hate it. I hate it, dude. And I know, hey, the movie is mostly about the tech. So we're going to focus on the tech, but we've got our thoughts about the movie done. That's why this is a podcast and not just a 10 minute review. Anyways, uh, we'll be back with more on Avatar uh, the way of water was that a direct
1: uh, Schwarzenegger reference we'll be back
0: was it or was it completely accidental um, we'll be back with more we'll do a spoiler cast um, on avatar the way of water um, near the end of December or next week uh, but you guys can check out uh, the newest episode of the untitled movie podcast where we go over our best films of the year will avatar the way of water make either of our lists it won't Um, <laughs> and um. Uh, We'll have our most anticipated films of 2023 coming up next week as well. So we got some great stuff. We got a Babylon review coming. Um, I think Babylon and Avatar might be like kind of our two last big reviews of the year. I don't know if there's anything else.
1: No, there's not. But yeah, we're kicking things off in 2023 with the Sundance Film Festival. We'll be covering the uh, virtual Megan. (laughs) Well, no, no i buried the lead megan yes we'll be seeing <laughs> May- megan the first week of january but uh we will also be covering sundance uh the virtual side um so that will be exciting as well
0: will avatar 3 be there It won't um okay <laughs> shit like that matt <laughs> um one-stop shop for everything head over to letterboxd uh, untitled underscore movies uh, you'll be able to find everything there and you can follow me on all those social medias at matt roerbeck
1: and I'm Eric March, and you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at em6211.
0: Until next time.
1: Stay hydrated.